Previously on Short Quest Long Rest, Good Vibrations. Get a message from someone named Dipadra. I am so ready to go and find a drink. My name's Virginia. I, I'm here. As, I'm your driver. Scree like dives inside and looks for danger. Do you have a menu? Are there no like cocktails? If you're going to bite stool, bite these ones over here. They are old. And you see it kind of glance in like it was gonna come in. See you guys kind of scan over you and then just kind of turn off and keep going down the, the, the road. And uh, so as you guys pull up, uh, your driver pulls the car up to the curb in front of the building and hurriedly gets out, opens the doors for all of you guys. Let's get this over with. Dokie. So, a small set of steps lead up to like a big grand kind of a double door opening. Um, the doors are just wide open. It's not even like it's, it almost looks like a, like an old, like not an older, but like a, uh, like a government building where it's got like kind of like the big wood doors that are kind of open just to the public to walk in if they want to. But you do see the like remnants of what looks like maybe like a blast door that could drop down at any second over the entryway. But as you enter the, the building, you notice that, like, that bland architecture of the uh, exterior does not match the, like, grandiose interior. The main lobby is this, like, softly lit in this almost uh, uh, orangish-yellowish hue and is full of uh, crisscrossing workers of every race and in, in in some in uniform, others in business attire, even a few in just street clothes, moving about with haste and purpose, like uh, like something is a buzz uh, at at the stewards right now. And currently, no one seems to be paying you any attention, but you do see a Riforian receptionist uh, on a phone directly ahead of you, sitting at a behind a desk next to a set of elevator doors. In fact, uh, both sides of this desk are flanked by two different sets of elevator doors. And a hallway runs to your left, a hallway runs to your right, and there are several couches and chairs, all like nice and soft sitting, kind of in the middle. Like essentially it's a big lobby for, for sitting. And uh, yeah, so you see her, she's kind of this like uh, lithe, golden skinned, uh, with these pointed ears that are crested in small feathers um, that seem to be like twitching every so often, like as when sounds are made kind of off in the distance. So, uh, so what are you guys doing? Uh, approach the receptions. Hmm, okay, okay. Scree is wobbling off to Eddie. As you pull up, she is, uh, she's on the phone, and she's like, uh, it's like, yes, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, uh-huh. Unfortunately, that's not my job. No. No. Yes. 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 No. No. Okay. And then as you sigh, she's like, I have to let you go. So she like hangs up the phone and it's like, can I help you? 
We have a meeting with a crew of the Good Vibrations. Like, who are you here to see? I don't know. I don't remember. Do you even have an appointment? I, maybe. I don't know. Isn't that your job? And she, like, rolls her eyes. She's like, <sighs> and then the the phone rings again. She's like, one second. And she picks up the phone. And she's like, uh, yes, no, uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I have I have some people here. Let me, I'll call you back, okay? And she hangs up the phone again. She's like, I'm sorry, who are you here to see again? Major DePadra. Major De- oh, you're here to see Major DePadra. I guess. And so a phone rings again, and she picks up the phone again. And she's like, this time she actually answers it like it's an outside line type thing. And she's like, Stuart's Bastion, please hold. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Rip. Right away, ma'am. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, 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 ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And she, like, hangs up the phone. And then she looks back up at you guys. And almost, like, a a slight look of, like, surprise and awe. Like, kind of like, what? She's like, the director will see you now? And you see her kind of, like, hold her hand towards the elevator. And it just opens up. Great, thanks. (laughs) That's a neat trick. (laughs) Just walks off. <laughs> Scree gives a little salute, then stops. And burps, and like a little uh, bit of tin from one of the cans comes out. My god. She like has her fingers up, like kinda like like little limp wristed kinda, and she's like like just disgusted, like, oh my god. Like uh. <laughs> he, he, he kinda like sways a moment, looks down at the piece of can, picks it up. And puts it on the desk and kind of like gives it to her and then walks away. <laughs> like she looks disgusted. She even does that like fake puke thing. She's like, what? Like, <laughs> that. She's like, oh my god, just get in the elevator, please. Like, nice one, Scree. Give that one a seven. <laughs> Good push. Yeah. Some nice resonance. <laughs> Uh, so as you guys uh, shuffle into the <laughs> elevator, um, you notice there are no buttons on the elevator, and it, the doors close. Go up. <laughs> up. It doesn't reply. It, <laughs> it just, the elevator starts going up, whether that was because you said it or not, I'm not sure. Um, no, he just but... smiles in like a self-satisfied kind of way, nods. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so as the elevator starts going up, you hear like this smooth jazz like plans like uh actually um you're pretty sure it's Mr. Mister's Curie Laison set nice. to a smooth jazz version. It's like um, playing softly through the speaker as it's uh, slowly making its way, like up, and what feels like almost an uncomfortable amount of time. Like you would think something like this, like this this type of military place, that like efficiency and time would be something that like this elevator would go fast, but it seems like it's going ridiculously slow. Now it's a big building, but it just seems like an almost uncomfortable amount of time in the elevator, and it finally dings and the doors open. <laughs> Scree like slowly dances. That he's out. dancing. Scree's dancing with his Kermit fucking pants. 
<laughs> to fucking Easter Mistress Curie liaison. <laughs> <laughs> he just like waves his arms yeah. as he dances out and he looks around and looks for like any danger. Uh, is my hero. <laughs> looks left and looks right, just like Walt wiggling his hips, just kind of looking for danger. The fucking like Yanni ass music playing above you as he's just fucking just kind of swaying. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh. oh my god. So. Um. <laughs> It's such a silly image. I know. <laughs> you got Eric with that one. That's good. <laughs> it's so fucking ludicrous. Uh. No, that's a gift of Snoop Dogg. Goodness yeah. gracious. <laughs> oh, God damn it. All right, I got it, I got it out. Go, continue. <laughs> okay. So, um, as the doors open, you're greeted with a view of this, like, well-furnished grand office. And the far wall is lined with this, like, glass frontage looking out over Jatembe Park. But that's not what you see, Edward. What catches your eye is a figure standing before DePadra's desk. A man in a pristine blue and gold steward's uniform with his back to you. Brown hair peppered with gray, especially at the temples. Shit. And Edward, you know this person. You know him as Malcolm Fry, yo daddy. Goody. Yep. Everybody else, uh, give me, other than Edward, everybody else give me a perception check real fast. Woof. Yeah, this not is so the good opposite this time. on this shit. Wow, you guys are nailing it. <laughs> yep, you guys, not great, not great. Look, okay, well, Scree's drunk. Okay. <laughs> um, no, so do too bad. As the door dings, you he kind of turns his head and looks at you just for a second, but you you get nothing from it. It is just a like stonewall glance back to Depadra. He like just picks up the conversation as if nothing happens. I must insist, Director, the, the Relentless is ready, and obviously the best choice for this mission. And she cuts him off, and the Deputy Director's decision is final. You're too close to this, Malcolm. Take your time. Hell, take a vacation. Just She looks up and notices you all entering the room from the elevator and goes, Now, if you'll excuse me, Captain. And she kind of like, just gives a nod towards the, the elevators. And Malcolm turns on a heel with this sigh of annoyance without any acknowledgement just walks right past you guys into the elevator. Scree is still dancing and does like finger guns towards him as he as he leaves. Uh, doesn't really acknowledge it in any way, shape, or form. He kind of <laughs> eyes forward, walks past into the elevator, turns around. He has his like hat, his like captain's hat underneath his, his arm. He takes it and like fixes it on his head, and as the doors are starting to shut, uh, well, actually, I should say, do you say anything? Do you do anything to him as he passes by? You look at him. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, mm. he uh, gives uh, really no acknowledgement. Kind of walks right past, goes to the elevator, puts the hat on, and uh, just as the doors are starting to shut, he goes, "Edward, good to see you're not dead." 
and the door shut. Dead. And as uh, just as the doors close, Scree goes, <laughs> blows a raspberry. Did you just say dad? Yeah, it's my dad. He's an asshole. Just gonna walk into the office. Yeah, as you walk in, uh, Depadra kind of waves you in, and uh, again, you've uh, we saw a picture of her, but she's this, uh, um, you know, tan woman, black hair with this like blue streak through it. And say so you guys saw her on the Holovid. She's the one who sent you the message and everything. But uh, she's probably in her like mid forties, human. And uh, so as you guys approach, she's so. You are the crew of the Good Vibrations. I please take a seat. And there's like there's several seats kind of out in front as if they were expecting you. You, know, so you come highly recommended by a, a few different sources. Uh, first thing, uh, I need to know the breakdown of what happened at Madeline's landing. Uh, Madeline's report pre- preceded you by a day or so, but uh, I feel there is more to this. Uh, what did you see? What did you find out? Well, the Atlante were do- up to things. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You go ahead, Eddie. No, it's fine. That's great. Go ahead. Oh, uh, no, the Islanti were uh, planet side just causing a ruckus, and you know, we kind of just took care of it. No biggie. Uh, the report said something about a uh, something, uh, some type of uh, experimental drive that they were they were looking for. Do you have any more information about this? Scree kind of like waves towards Oris. You know, I'm not like a technical person, but Oris here could probably tell you more about the drive. Was the drive there, or did they take it? Uh, the drive was gone by the time you guys got They did take it, but um, you did get a little bit, not so much schematics of it, but you did get some information as far as, like, the uh, um, the log from the previous captain that, you know, where they had, like, crash-landed and tried to did the use test the, and, the ship. Yeah, and, okay. Yeah, exactly, and then all oh. the weird stuff happened, and the zombies were made, and... And they figured out how to prevent that from happening in the future. Yes. Remember? Yep, that was part of it. Yep. That is absolutely correct. Good memory. At least they thought they did. They thought they had cracked the code as far as, like, how to, what went wrong and how they could have fixed it. Best part about that is it was in the captain's office that the Empire hadn't been into, so they don't know. Oh, 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 oh. I was wondering the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) What? One. One. Rune drive. What? Ah, ah. (laughs) <laughs> so you're relaying that information to uh, him? Yeah, basic basic information. So, Sodona was supposed to be on planet. I, I have heard she was not there. Uh, I have heard that she has been taken. Do you know, do you have any information as far as that goes? Maybe. Why are we here? First, you are here to debrief so that we can gain the information uh-huh. to handle this situation. I don't think you understand how big of an issue this is. We are possibly on the precipice of war with the Aslanti over this situation. One misstep, and it could plunge the Pact Worlds into chaos. What's that got to do with us? Well, as you being the only people that were actually there dealing with the situation, you are the only people that seem to know exactly what happened on Anacondis. This is the information I need to know for us to move forward and do whatever must be done. You see, she's very much choosing her words very carefully. She kind of, like, sighs a little bit. Despite what some people believe, the stewards are not in the war-making business. We select our prospects from the best of the best, with the highest moral caliber, to fill our ranks with people 
that want to keep the peace and protect the backwards. War is not good for anyone but profiteers. Seems thoroughly unconvinced. She sighs and rises up out of her seat. She was kind of like leaning forward in her seat. And uh, she was a bit intense at first. And then you see she rises, she sighs. And she walks over to like a small bar, actually, that's sitting against the, the glass frontage. And pours herself a drink. And you see it seems to be some type of dark liquid. She pours out about like two fingers, which, and then uh, throws it back. And you see her face wince just from the burn. And without turning around, uh, she stares out onto Jatembe Park and that forested hub of Absalom Station. And she uh, goes, I'll be frank. We cannot be Eddie. Hmm. She like, (laughs) I couldn't help myself. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. She's actually taken aback by that. Like... Screen just like falls off his chair laughing. Like, are you drunk? <laughs> she doesn't say that. Um, but she does, like, after you guys kind of calm yourselves down, she sighs again. Uh, Eddie doesn't laugh. He doesn't say anyth- anything that I said. He's just, he's stone faced. Okay, so did, did he say the Albietti, but then stone-faced? Yes. Okay, yes. just making sure. So yeah, then then she'll she'll just kind of like not acknowledge, she'll pause for a second and not acknowledge it for a second. Then she'll, we cannot get close to this. If the stewards were seen or reported to be in Islanti space carrying out operations, not only would the Aeon Throne launch an attack and an all-out assault on the Pact Worlds, but the public would lose trust in us. We are not an invading army. We are a peacekeeping force. Stewards have to maintain a separation from the personal wants and appeal to the greater good. So that's why you told my pops no? That is exactly why I told your father no. He's always been a overzealous. He was friends with Sedona, and he wants to make sure she is safe. I do not fault him for his wants, but unfortunately, if the Relentless were to go blazing into Islanti space, it would be all-out war immediately. As far as we know, she's on Golta. And she kind of like sighs again for a second. She's like, that, that is troubling news. And then she kind of, she turns and you see her relax for a second, just a little bit. And she has a pin on her chest that Eddie, you would know this. And if anybody wants to roll a culture check, that's fine too. But um, it's essentially, it is her, uh, there you go. Ginger Ginger would know this. This this is her director's pin. It is the pin that literally, it's like, marks her as steward, marks her as the dire- a director. She takes the pin off and she sets it on the desk for a second. And again, you see her kind of relax for a second. You almost see her take on a completely different form. Like, the, like, very prim and proper version of herself, like, kind of almost fades away just for a second. And she turns around to you guys and goes, but you... You do not have such limitations. I mean, if you were to say, hypothetically say, sneak into Aslanti space under maybe a false transponder provided by, say, an unknown benefactor, locate and liberate Sedona 17 from her captors, and then find and destroy slash recover this experimental uh, technology they talk about, well, 
That would just be a crazy happenstance. That no way connected to the Pact World's government or the stewards. Now would it? Aside from the fact that you contacted us. Oh no. This was a debriefing. This is just a debriefing. What you guys do in your personal time. No, that is... That is up to you. And she kind of sits down and leans back slightly in her chair, her eyes on the ceiling. And she goes... Such a wild undertaking. I can only imagine what might inspire someone in your position to do or take on such an endeavor. That, that, that would be the question, right? I mean, hypothetically, of course. So what... What would make a crew like you do such an outlandish thing? And as she says that, she kind of leans back forward, puts her elbows on the desk, and you see her eyes lower and settle on each one of you, and then just kind of scan over the group, and as if waiting for an answer. Oh, shit. You all right there? No. This <laughs> <laughs> Kree is like, kind of flopping in his chair a bit drunkenly and he goes Scree wants flush busters <laughs> okay she like she looks then moves on to the next person she keeps going down the list you, you, the heart wants what the heart wants and so at that point she kind of just looks at you guys as she sees like you guys are having like trouble articulating it and she takes a, a piece of paper out from her her desk, slides it across to you guys, and essentially <laughs> sets a pen down and lets you guys write whatever you want on there. So now, in this case, I'm giving you a little bit of a get out of jail free card so you can think about it. We could say that you guys write down the thing that you want on the paper. Okay. And yeah. then you can think about it a little longer as far as what you specifically want so you don't have to articulate it in this one quick scene. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, I would, yeah. I would totally get a friendship bracelet if I thought somebody else would wear one with me. That's it. <laughs> Blank <Aww>. check. <laughs> I mean, you have someone who will. Like, if you gave it to Aristo, it might be the greatest thing that anyone's ever given him ever. Yeah, but the friendship bracelet is like a 2,000 gold magic item. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> but, no, uh, it's literally called the friendship bracelet. Oh, that's fun! I didn't know that. I've never seen that one. Uh, it okay. is. Uh, if you and another person are wearing it, then so long as you're within line of sight of one another, even if they're invisible or hidden, you can see them. Unless they don't oh, want interesting. you to see, to see them. Well, does anyone fun. have an answer right now? Yeah, I'm. I I've been torn between. So the Diadem of Desna is an item that, like, if somebody attacks you, you can use a reaction to, like, cause a burst of butterflies and stars. <laughs> and <laughs> it gives you a plus one to your next attack roll or to your uh, your next saving throw or a 1d4 to your next skill check. Just for reference, uh -huh. what she seems to be pitching you you guys would get the feel for it. This is what you would get for doing the job, not for undertaking the job. This would not be a before money thing. This would be for doing the job. Like, on a completion and doing the things they're asking, this is possibly what you might get. Okay. So let me let me get this straight. Okay, just so we're understanding each other. You want 
me, you want us, to fly into Islanti space and free Sedona from a prison planet and somehow get out alive. Oh, no, and recover a oh, piece of uh, crazy technology as well and somehow get out alive. You are citizens of the Pact Worlds. I wish for you only to live your lives however you wish to live them. What you do with that is up to you. And what rewards and spoils come from such things, well, only Triune can tell us that. Can Triune give me 500,000 credits? She just kind of smiles. She's like, I'm sure she could. Or they could, I guess. Maybe they. Technically, it's the, the triumvirates, three different gods that became one god. I was going to do it anyway. Might as well get paid for it. Like she, So she kind of just goes, hypothetically, that's doable. And then she takes the, the paper back with a, everything that you guys have written on it, as far as what you want. And she takes her pin, puts it back on, clears her throat, and standing up and smiles. And thank you for your service. Uh, if you head back down to the lobby, uh, uh, check the front desk with Criselda. Uh, there's a small token of our appreciation for what you did in the Condis. If you would see yourselves out, I have some paperwork to get done before my next meeting. And you hear the elevator ding behind you and open up. You'll just walk out. There's <laughs> <laughs> no, no bow, no sign of respect, nothing. He just walks out. So, you think your dad's waiting for you in the lobby? Doubt it. You don't think you'd want to say hi? You don't know my dad. I think if there was any chance for them to say hi, it was, uh, before he left. What he said in the elevator is about as nice as he gets, so. Okay, so everybody heading back into the elevator and heading back down? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, again, the door's shut, elevator starts going on, down. and, uh... Go down. <laughs> uh, this time, a, uh, smooth jazz rendition of Rich Girl by, uh, John Hall and Daryl Oates starts paying. Eddie reminds me of me when I'm approaching a grocery store. You know how they have the automatic doors? Mm-hmm. And I will just ever so subtly at my side just kind of motion my fingers like I'm using the force to make that door open. Nice. You can't tell me that you've never done that. Of course I have. Of course I have, yeah. Everybody's done that. I mean, well, every nerd has done that. I'm sure normal, well-adjusted people don't do that, but... Even Ellen McGregor himself does it. That's yeah, right. because he played Obi-Wan. Of course he's going to do it. I mean, Hold on, have you seen, like, a, a an interview of him talking about doing it? Or yeah, I have are, seen yes. are you They're making that funny. up? No, oh, he yes, does. Yeah, he's mentioned it a couple times. <laughs> yeah, he said it. He was like... He did, it, he did it for some kid or something one time that was like... And the kid was just like... <gasps> Like, I just thought it was, like, the coolest thing in the world. It was, like, it was on that, uh, God, I can't think of the guy's name. It's the, uh, I think he's a Scottish guy that does, uh, like, uh, or maybe he's British. But he he does one of those, like, late night talk show type things. Um, Graham Norton? I think that's it. Yeah, Graham Norton. Or the other way around. Norton Graham? I don't know. (laughs) I think it's Graham Norton. I might, I think there might be a Graham Norton and a, no, it is Graham Norton. Okay. Because I think there was another guy that was a comedian that, like, a like an American comedian that was like Graham Norton too. But anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, but That's yeah, so he Obi-Wan was on there. Kenobi. Yeah, exactly. It does. <laughs> That's fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. So yeah, 
as you guys uh, head down the elevator, it dings and opens up. And uh, when you finally come down to the lobby again, as you step out, you see that same Riforian woman um, standing at the desk. Except now she's holding this like small, like almost attache case. And all she says is, as she kind of stands there with it, she goes, uh, From all of us here, uh, the stewards, and thanks for what you did uh, for Nakandis. As if she's like rehearsing a line that was said to her and hands you this little this little like attache case to you guys open it mm, kidoki open it right there yep it's a bomb blam you're all dead now roll some magic users you nerds haha ha, uh you'd, you'd probably have a hard time killing ginger <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, no so uh when you open up the uh the uh, case there is a little small box that is a storage container for UPBs, and there are 2,000 UPBs in there. There are five separate cred sticks, all in their own little slots, like it's like how those things are like cut out in the nice little attache cases for each little piece of thing that they have in there to hold them in place. Five cred sticks, each of them with 2,000 credits on there, and a business card for a place called the Rig House in the Spike, and a poker chip to a casino named King Kearney's Casbah. So if people want to give me some culture checks on that, I can yeah, tell you maybe what I'll, some of those places are. I'll tackle the uh, culture check on those. Okay. No need. Yeah. Nat 20, baby. Oh, you guys are all oh, fucking so Sadoon, Sadoon matched me with his nat 20. Yep, there you go. Okay. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Okay, so uh, yeah. So yeah, 19, 26, 26, and 18. So yeah, um, yeah, they're, uh, I'll say I'll take these. Uh, so Sadoon, you are familiar with the Rig House. The Rig House is this massive building down in the Spike. Uh, the Spike, which is aptly named, is that large pointy pillar that juts out beneath Absalom Station as home to most of the dregs of Absalom society. The Rig House has some shady connections as well. Uh, it's uh, mostly known as a meeting place and a neutral location where violence isn't allowed between gangs. Um, but it's equal parts flop house, nightclub, performance venue, community center, and seat of the local spike government. Like, all of it is in this one giant building. The, uh, the place is run by an infamous gang known as the Low Riggers who you might be considered kind of like the Switzerland of Absalom Station. They're like neutral, yet still very much a part of the greater like gang game and everything. And they're known to have their fingers in kind of like all the pies um, and have some of the best hackers and best some of the riggers like in the packed worlds. Uh, when it comes to tech, they do just about anything and will help out just about anybody they trust. As long as you earn the trust of them, they'll, they'll hook you up. Now, Ginger, this actually makes sense for you. You know about King Kearney's Casbah, which is a well-known underworld casino out in the Armada. Now, the Armada, outside of the Absalom Station, is a ring of ships that mm -hmm. have essentially adhered themselves together. Some of them are all connected to make little cities. Some of them are floating by themselves, but they essentially just orbit uh, Absalom Station is kind of like this, their own little debris ring of things. And the uh, King Kearney's Casbah is essentially a 
very, very big, like five, six, seven ships all connected together to make this giant casino and like den of ill repute. Ooh. Uh, your characters would know you would know all about the Armada easily. That everybody would know that. But uh, but yeah, you know about this specific place and. Uh, it's named after its owner, a dwarf named King Kearney, or he goes by King Kearney. Uh, he's known to be essentially a bad fucking dude. A really, really bad fucking dude. Rumors state that several of the ships that make up the Casbah were repossessed by folks that owe him money, and he just continues to add to his collection. Anytime someone owes him, he just takes their ships, snap, slaps it onto the thing, and expands his, his, his casino. And uh, they also state that the heads of all of those folks are in his office, suspended in glass jars and kept alive to forever only be able to watch and never warn the next fool that wants to make him a deal with Kearney. Being well-connected, Kearney is likely to have the resources to accomplish just about anything. But at what cost? So, you guys have some decisions to make. You have a couple leads. You got some money. You got some creds. Sadoon, you got a business card, if I'm not mistaken, for a arms dealer, I believe. Yeah, goddamn right I did. Yep, yep, yep. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed, please like, follow, and leave a comment. Also, you can support us at patreon.com slash sqlrpod. You can follow us on Twitter at sqlrpod. Or join our Discord through our invite banner at shortquestlongrest.wordpress.com. Keep smiling. We'll see you next time, fam.